welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to movies, television shows, and video games from our generation. This week, we are back doing and finishing up with our James Bond January. My name is Doug Abel, and with me again is Mike Blanchard. Hello, sir. Screw this. Robin Hood just died. Let's just do a Robin Hood commentary. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think we're going to have to do that next week for sure. Uh, yeah, we're sorry, uh, folks. This... <laughs> okay, so... Oh, Spectre. Yeah. I thought... Okay, so here's the thing. Anybody remember the very first few theatrical trailers for the amazing Spider-Man? Yes, as a matter where they of fact. Have, where they have, uh, what's his nuts, um, uh, Chris Cooper as Norman Osborn. In the trailer, it has that scene of him saying something more. The All the trailers for The Amazing Spider-Man, the first Andrew, Andrew I almost said, wow. The wow. first Andrew Garfield movie basically made the film out to be this super mysterious, it basically made it out to be, if you remember the... Um, the episodes in Spider in Spider Man the animated series where they're like John and or whatever his parents I forget what his parents' names yeah. are off the top of my head. Peter Parker's parents, they in Spider Man the animated series, they made it out to have them sound like they're spies. That's kind of what they were going for in the trailer for the Amazing Spider Man. You watch the movie, the Norman Osborne scene isn't in there at all whatsoever. And you think, because in the age of Marvel and Fox and whoever the Sony, whatever the fuck. The age of end credit scenes. Okay, so you're right. thinking you're going to get something really special. No, they just cut that scene out of the trailer and put it at the end of the fucking movie. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So with Spectre, I'm kind of like the same in the same boat because the trailers made it out to be something that the film fucking isn't, and it pisses me off. The trailers made it out to seem like Bond had gone rogue and he was working for Spectre. If you ever see the last few episodes, <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, I yeah, see I mean, the you're last few episodes of Angel. Okay, I know whatever Joss Whedon, nobody cares. Fuck whatever, I don't care. But you watch the last few episodes of Angel, the last arc of that series in season five. He is setting up uh, Circle of the Black Thorn, which is the big bad people, whatever. Okay, so. <sighs> It makes him. It makes it look like he's gone bad, even though he hasn't. And that's kind of what this is in the trailer compared to what actually happens in the movie. I am so ready for a new James Bond. People, fuck Daniel Craig. Fuck these movies. Oh my god. And, and you know, I hate saying this, but I'm at that point too. I'm just kind of like with this one here. Okay, let me start off by. Let me start off by bitching about the time. I, I, okay. We, we talked about this off air. This movie has a running time of 148 minutes. Translates to just shy of two and a half hours. Yep. Now, Skyfall was, Skyfall was long, don't get me wrong. But with Skyfall, I watched it and I was sitting on the edge of my seat. There was not a point in Skyfall where I was sitting here going, all right, this movie's dragging. Here, mm-hmm. in this one, there were spots where I'm going, Jesus, how long is this damn film? 
And the crazy thing is, folks, I had to actually read the synopsis, the full-on synopsis. I did this just before we sat and hit the record button to this film because it has been so long since I've seen it in theater. Like this, what would this come out? October of last year, November, whatever. They usually release Bond films every November for some strange Bondian reason. Who the fuck knows? But I saw this last November, and I, I said to you off air right before we hit the button, I'm like, maybe we should have just done this when we saw it because I have Spectre is on is just forgettable. Yeah, it, is, it really is. It, it's okay. Quantum is horrible as far as a writing standpoint goes, as far as the plot of the movie, but Spectre just takes the cake for nothing exciting. I'm the type of person that I, I will, I will laugh at a car crash. I will, you know, you know, I will, you know, pump my fist in the air for, for action scenes. And, and this movie has some good action scenes, but I don't know if it was the length or what was going on, but I just did not. I saw the movie. I liked the movie. I think I said on Twitter and Facebook when I first came back from seeing the movie back in November of last year, I'm like, okay, Spectre was good. I enjoyed it. I liked it, whatever. And now thinking back on it, if I can't remember a movie I saw two months ago, I mean, I can remember every single moment of a movie I saw 30 years ago. Yeah. As a, as a six-year-old, you know, Transformers the movie, 20th or 30th anniversary this year, but I don't remember a damn thing about this movie and I had to actually go on Wikipedia and read the Wikipedia synopsis to myself to remind myself what the if a movie has you has someone have to do that maybe it's just me folks I don't know you can tell me if it's just me because I my memory these days is not what it used to be but Jesus Christ what the hell happened to this movie I'd rather watch and as much as I hate this film I'd rather watch on Her Majesty's Secret Service more than this at this point yeah, I, I mean, let's start off here. My big things, okay, it starts off when we kind of see M leaving him this message from the grave, which that was, that was kind of a nice touch, but at the same time, it's like, look, she's been dead. She she died For in the last years. Movie. Yeah, you know? <laughs> in, okay, in, in, in real time, she in, in our time, she's been dead for three years because she died at the end of Skyfall, which Skyfall came out in, what, 2012, right? Right. So when this movie came out, yeah. So, yeah, so she, he, he gets a, a message from the dead M. Yeah, and it, like, sends him down to Mexico City, and he's chasing. That was kind of cool. Don't get me wrong. The, the part where the building blows up, and he's like, oh, shit, and he's, like, running across tops of the buildings. That right. was kind of cool. I liked that. You know, with him fighting and stealing the ring and kicking kicking him out and seeing, we get to see the octopus. And I'm like, cool. We get a little bit about Spectre, you know, and I'm kind of <laughs> like, this is kind of cool. This is awesome. Yeah. And then it's like this long, drawn-out thing where it's, you know, this the, he meets up with um, with Monica Bellucci, um, his Shara's widow, Lu- Lucia. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, God. And she's like, oh, this is Spectre. And, you know, you start seeing and she starts talking about uh, Franz Oberhauser. And, and Bond is, like, hiding up in the shadows when he spots Franz Oberhauser, and, you know, when he finds out who Oberhauser is. And he's kind of like, hmm. And Oberhauser goes, so, Mr. Bond, good of you to join us. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, really? I haven't heard bullshit like that since Goldfinger. 
<laughs> no, yeah. Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> I, I was like, oh my god, yeah, I mean, yes, it was kind of cool throwing in, you know, a little kind of reference to that, but at the same time, I'm like, look, this is cheesy's 50, you know, this is cheesy stuff from 50 years ago. Don't reuse this crap. Yeah. Uh, you know, so when we get through all that, and that it's kind of like we find out all of this stuff about Oberhauser and Oberhauser being, you know, Quantum being a subsidiary of Spectre and having that tie-in. I'm like, oh, God, they're dragging this on. And, of course, you know, with, with Quantum, I thought, hey, maybe this is Spectre, but they're not actually saying it's Spectre. Yeah. And then we find out, oh, Quantum's like this little subset of Spectre. And it's just like, really? Yeah. That's how they go with it? And, you know, they start going in and finding out about Oberhauser, and they, they start inspecting him, and, you know, they, they find all these people. Bond goes to Austria to find this guy named White, who's dying of poisoning. Well, this is Mr. White. This is yeah. the guy that he almost killed at the end of, of uh, Casino. Oh, we shit, didn't, that's right. We didn't see him in Quantum or Skyfall, and we see him again now because they're trying – because they're basically bookending this series in case – just in case Craig doesn't want to cut – and this is the problem I have with this. Like I said last week with Skyfall and the week before with Quantum, I get they want to have a and – and this goes against all of my kind of – I'm a big continuity guy. Everybody knows this. I love things that have continuity. I fucking hate that these Bond movies have continuity to each other. I cannot stand it because, as I said the last two weeks, Bond films are supposed to – you're supposed to come in. You're supposed to see James in the beginning of whatever just, you know, regular, in, you know, incidental mission. And then, yeah. you know, you get the title sequence. You get – the crux of the film and then you get into it, whatever else. And it's supposed to be one shot adventures. It's supposed to be one mission movies. And it's like, what the hell? Like, I just, Oh God. You know, little nods are okay. If they made a mention to something that happened, like, you know, a passing mention, like, for example, I'm going to take a tangent off here for a little bit. Indiana uh-huh. Jones and the Last Crusade. There's a spot in there where they're going through and they see something about the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. And Indy said, you know, the, the woman who's with Indy says, is that the Ark of the Covenant? And he goes, yep, that's the Ark. How do you know? And he makes some sort of reference about, oh, you know, something about how he dealt with it previously. Okay. Right. That little nod was okay. Even in God Help Me, the kingdom of the crystal skull when he ends up in area 51 and you find out that that's where the ark is stored that little nod was okay for me because it was just a little tie-in the only thing that's okay about that movie is the end where he says oh if your grandfather could be here now yeah the fact that they reference connery that's the only good thing about kingdom of the crystal skull yeah i mean like you know <laughs> those little those little references yeah. are, are all that I'm mean, meaning is, are good yeah. spots. Yeah, yeah. Everything else, you know, it, it's like this here was just kind of they're dragging it out, and you're kind of going, okay, here's a connection to to uh, Casino, here's a connection to Quantum, here's a connection to Skyfall, and it's all tying in. And I'm just like, good God, it's it, it's like I said, they're trying to. Tie everything up in a nice little bow just in case Craig doesn't 
come back for 25. And we, we, we know that supposedly he's supposed to, but that's essentially, see for me with Skyfall and Spectre with Skyfall, it was the end of Judy Dench M era. Okay. I can accept that. I knew she wasn't going to be around forever. I get it, whatever, but it's just one of those things where you introduce Gareth Mallory as the new M. You bring it back to classic Bond with a male in the M role with, with Money Penny, with Q, with everything else. Right. And I expected Spectre to be to homage the classic, but not just rip it off and poorly at that. Oh, okay. So we got to mention Blofeld because. Yeah. This shit with Blofeld, I was so pissed off. I'm like seeing all this stuff about about Oberhauser, and I'm like, okay, we're gonna find out who Oberhauser is, and Oberhauser's gonna be the bad guy. And then, like, ha- what? Three quarters of the way through the movie, they all of a sudden go, oh no, he is Ernst Blofeld, you know, or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. He's Blofeld, and I'm like, what? And then we <laughs> find out that this that Blofeld was actually part of that he grew up with James Bond and that James Bond's father figure in a sense was Oberhauser was, uh, Oberhauser's dad. And yeah. I'm like, and so that's getting all screwy. And I'm like, what, what the hell? And I just, it made my head hurt. I'm like, I'm trying to follow this shit and I'm falling asleep in this theater. This should not be this complicated for a Bond film. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe it's because I've grown up on you know Roger Moore and Sean Connery stuff, and and you know Pierce Brosnan stuff, which was it was that one shot, little simpler stuff. Yeah. So this tying everything together, I didn't like that having to see all the previous films. Don't. It was just a mess. It was a mess. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not even trying to make a broad generalization here at all because we were criticized for that in the past. But, I mean, it's like Bond go, and that's the thing about Bond movies. That's kind of the thing about the Mission Impossible Tom Cruise movies. You want to get enough locations in to show that these secret agents, whether they're American or British, go to various places throughout the world. And the thing about Bond is, for the most part, he's the international Traveler, mm-hmm. because he works for the British Secret Service. So it, it, it's very rare, uh, at least to my knowledge, we've only gone to the U.S. three times. Uh, San, San Francisco, uh, Fort Knox, and I don't know, well, whatever. But I'm saying, like, you know, I understand they have to throw in all these all these locations like Austria and, and, and Spain and Mexico and all this other stuff, but like just, yeah. Oh God. You know what they did? Cause you mentioned earlier that it's revealed that Blofeld and Bond grew up together or whatever it is. Yeah. You know what they did, right? I'm afraid to ask. They made a serious Austin powers and gold member movie. That's exactly what this – if Bond and Blofeld were related and Michael Caine was their dad, it's Austin Powers and Goldmember. You're you're right. (laughs) And Dr. Evil is Dougie. (laughs) Good God. Oh, God. 
Yeah, this, don't, this, don't get me wrong. I love Austin Powers and Goldmember, but this is a more serious version of that. Uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, I thought I thought I, I, I okay. So we've I especially me, I've bitched and bitched and bitched about how this era has basically zero uh, notable Bond girls, like actresses that I actually know from other stuff. I'm not saying they're not hot; they are, but um. So essentially, this era has no Bond girls, as far as people I know. Well, essentially, has no real villains, actors that play the villains that I absolutely know. Uh, you throw in Batista as the henchman as Mister Hanks, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I can get behind. He looks like a badass, and yeah. well, obviously, obviously, Batista being WWE and all this other stuff, he is Drax a badass. The Destroyer, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Drax the Destroyer in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, so I, I'm thinking, okay, cool. We're we're we're, we're going to get somewhere with this. We're going to get a really cool Bond Batista or Bond Hanks fight. We get a cool fight and all that stuff, but doesn't he end up getting kicked out of the train or something? Doesn't he end up flying out? I forget how Mr. Hinks ends up getting killed. Yeah, I, I, this if is he, the problem. It, it's it's yeah, not memorable. Yeah. Well, the reason why I bring this up is because I'm like, if he gets sucked out of the train, the only thing I can think of is... A train passenger looks at Silent Bob. No ticket. <laughs> that's, that's all I can think of. Is, yeah. is Kevin Smith as Silent Bob. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, I mean, there were... See, okay, there were some memorable people in this. The, they, the, the there were. Bond girls, per se. Um, mm-hmm. I have to say I liked um, Leah Sado. I think that's mm-hmm. how you say her name. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty hot. And Mo- pretty yeah. hot. And Monica Bellucci. Yeah, you know she she has been around. She was in. Uh, you know, people probably recognized her from Inglorious Bastards. Uh, she was apparently in the 2010 Robin Hood film that they did. <laughs> uh, she was Sabine Moreau in Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Oh yeah, that's where I recognize her from. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking here trying to see. Where else we've seen her? Grand Budapest Hotel. She was Hotel. Uh, Persephone in The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions. No, that was uh, that was uh, Monica Bellucci. Oh, okay. Yeah, Whoops. But, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Persephone was pretty good. I mean, that that was where I recognized Monica Bellucci from. And I'm yeah. like, shit, where have I seen her? <laughs> but, you know, okay. I got to say, age 50, Monica Bellucci looked pretty damn good. Yep. I'll give her that. She definitely was a hottie for a Bond film. For her age. She was the oldest one uh, after, God, I forget who it is now. Um, <laughs> there, was somebody, there was somebody who was 38 who was a Bond girl. Uh-oh. And she was the oldest until Monica Bellucci became, uh, let me see, who was it? Uh, Honor Blackman. Oh, uh, yeah. Style, yeah, style she wasn't movie. really a we'll, – we'll get into that next year maybe. Maybe we'll do a best of Roger Moore next year or something. But yeah. on, her, on her Blackman, she was a Bond girl. Oh, wait. No, I'm, I'm thinking of the other one. Um, on her Blackman was Pussy Galore, right? Uh, no, she was in Goldfinger. Yeah, uh, she was Pussy Galore. I thought Pussy Galore was in Thunderball. No, Pussy uh, was in uh, – oh, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm thinking of the other chick in uh, uh, View to a Kill, the black chick. Oh, God. oh Iman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only reason I know that is because I just saw View to a Kill. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Walken is the bad guy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, Spectre was, you know, I, I see this. If they're coming out with Bond 25 and they're going to have Craig play it, you know, he's he's got it tough. He was saying for this film that he, it's getting harder and harder for him to get fit for his shirtless scenes because at the age of 47, <laughs> he's just like, you know, look, I'm starting to fall apart. <laughs> he goes, it works out. He goes, I have to work myself to death to look fit. And, yeah. you know, I, I just I see that. Uh, I, I don't know. Um now, looking over the trivia here, I do see this, which I didn't know this about Ian Fleming, and part of it's because I'm not a big Ian Fleming story type of person. Okay, I, I like the movies, but I've never really read any of the books or anything like that. But right. according to this, uh, there are still only four unused original titles remaining from Ian Fleming novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Property of a Lady, The Hildebrand Rarity, uh-huh. Resico. Risico, I think it's how you say it, and 007 in New York. Now. Yeah, we don't need, okay, don't get me wrong. It, Ian Fleming, obviously, is the, the godfather of Bond, because he created the character and he wrote the books and all that stuff. I've never read any of the books either. I've read the novelizations of the Brosnan era, but that doesn't count. Um, but I've never actually read the Ian Fleming books, and if they've already used everything they can use, we don't need those titles as Bond. Like the whole point of a Bond film title is to get you hooked. And this is just a generalization on any film title. It's supposed to get you hooked into the movie. You know, you you look at all the Bond titles we have. We've got Tomorrow, and you say what you will about these films, whatever. Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, Die Another the Days. Again, say what you will about Die Another the Day, and we already did last year, but it's a good title for a movie. You got Thunderball, you got Man with the Man with the Golden Gun, you got um, uh, well, Goldfinger. You know, I mean, yeah. just you know what I mean. It's like here's my thought on this: they they could conceivably do not necessarily using 007 in New York, maybe modify it slightly. I could see them taking for Bond 25. They do something with a spin where it ties into the UN in New York. There's your link. Great. Go with that. Run with that. Yeah. You know, I'd be okay with that. And yeah, I would have a really hard time with them using 007 in New York as the title. But if they base it off of something with that, have some sort of tie to that, I'd be fine. Yeah. So I pulled up. I said this a couple of. I, I might have said this in the Quantum One or Sky. I forget. I might have even said it in Casino. I found the Variety dot com article about Daniel Craig. How he says he'd rather kill himself than do another James Bond movie. This article was posted on October seventh of last year. Okay. There's been endless headlines speculating about who could play the next James Bond, and now the current famous super spy has stepped forth with his thoughts on the role. Daniel Craig spoke candidly about the role and his future in the new interview with Time Out. Look, I don't give a 
Good luck to them, Craig said when he asked if he cared who played Bond next. All I care about is that if I stop doing these things, we've left it in a good place and people pick it up and make it better. Right now, the blue-eyed Bond who appears next in Spectre can fathom, can't fathom doing another 007 film. Now, I'd rather break this glass and slash my wrists, Craig said. No, not at the moment, not at all. That's fine. I'm over it at the moment and we're done. All I want to do is move on. Craig went on to say that if he were to decide to go ahead with another Bond movie, that it would only be for the money. <laughs> and, and see right there, anytime that you have an actor who's doing it just yeah. for the money, uh, I have a real hard time with that. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I I just, I, I've been saying this whole time that we've been doing the Craig error, we deserve a better bond. I, I don't necessarily need it to go back to the way Bros, the Brosnan era was or anything like that, but we deserve, you know, and like you said, he's what, 47? He's almost, you know, he's a few years away from 50? Yeah. I mean, the guy is getting up there in age. We need a bond that is at least between 35 and 45, maybe? Or I I don't I don't know I, I don't know I just think that it's it, it's getting to the time to retire and Craig you need to step down I, I'm sorry don't get me wrong we like you but you're just not pulling it off for this not anymore stop move on you know take your DB7 or DB10 DB5 whatever you want to drive drive off into the sunset just like you did at the end of Spectre here after you caught Blofeld. Leave and be done with it. Uh, you know, this ending that they gave for this film, I was perfectly happy to say, this is it, Craig's not coming back, give us a new Bond, I'll be happy. I don't know. I, I... Spectre, it... <laughs> it didn't just have a bunch of Muppets. It was the down. <laughs> If Quantum is the down movie, this, I don't know what Spectre is. Okay. I just don't know. I, and can we talk about that fucking song? Oh my god. Well, I, I have just one thing to say in the way of criticism about this film. And you're going to die laughing when you hear this, Mike. This is in the trivia section on IMDb. Former James Bond actor Pierce Brosnan, who played Bond in four films released between 1995 to 2002, commented on Spectre in November 2015 in an interview with HitFlix. I, I remember this, yeah. <laughs> Brosnan said, I was looking forward to it enormously. I thought it was too long. The story was kind of weak. It could have been condensed. It kind of went on too long. It really did. What did I say in the beginning about this? Oh, that's yeah. right. It's too damn long. See, this is the pro. See, this is why I said last week. As much as I, we enjoy Skyfall, we need a new Bond actor and we need new Bond writers. Kill off Purvis and Wade from the writing credits, please. We've had enough of their stuff. Yeah, we need a fresh. They said back in two, 10 years ago, in 2006, when Casino came out, oh, we want to give it a fresh take. We want to make it all about blah, 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 blah. And it was kind of a fresh take. It was kind of a, you know, whatever. But now it's like, oh, God. Just, yeah. So, wait. Let's see. 95 to two. Brosnan era lasted 
obviously four films, but those four films lasted from... They lasted seven years. Seven years, okay. So <laughs> the Craig era lasted nine years. That's two years too long. <laughs> yeah, it's... I'm done with it. I'm sorry. We're pretty much over and done. Move on. Um, let, let's let's get into the music before I start really bitching anything more about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we What do we have here? We said that. I'm trying to think. What was the the, the song that we had? Good God! I'm trying to. Sam find. Smith. Yeah. I don't even know the title of the damn song. I just know it's Sam Smith something or I as much as I bitched about the Adele song as as far as I don't like the way she sounds in it, her song was ten times better than this. <laughs> yeah. This was just I, I hate Sam Smith. I'm sorry. I'm sick and tired. I don't of even stuff. know that like I, I can't even hate the guy. I don't even know him. Well, like what happened to getting okay, and I know people are gonna rake me over the coals for saying this. I would have rather had the Eon Productions people approach Chad Kroger or Dallas Smith or Tyler Connolly or anybody. And they, they, these are all lead singers of rock bands that I love. Obviously, everybody knows Chad Kroger and Nickelback. Tyler Connolly is the lead singer of, of Theory of a Dead Man. Dallas Smith is slash was the lead singer of Default. Um, or Paul McCoy, lead singer at 12 Stones. Like, well, oh. And it's not even the fact that I want someone major. Like, okay, Janet Jackson's had a resurgence. Why can't she do a Bond thing? You know what I mean? It's like, well, let, let's give it. Let, let's let's go back and get Paul McCartney. They yeah. wanted Paul McCartney to do a, to do a, another one for Bond. Would have been a sequel thing, you know, because he did for Live and Let Die with Wings. I would have been fine with that, but no, we get this redheaded stepchild, literally redheaded stepchild. You know, Sam Smith. I God, I can't stand his songs. I'm sorry. Everybody loves him. They play him on the. They play him on. Well, what used to be Jack here in San Diego <laughs> all the time, and I got so sick and tired of hearing his bullshit songs. Uh, okay, so let's see here. The uh, let's see. The, oh God. The okay, music. Here we go. Uh, let's, okay, let's see. September 2015 announced that Sam Smith, regular collaborator, uh, Writings on the Wall is the name of the song. Um, are they trying to tell us something here? Like, I, I feel that Spectre is basically saying goodbye, Craig, goodbye, everybody, because the name of the song is Writings on the Wall. And like I like I've already said, they've pretty much tried to tie up the entire Craig era in a nice little bow. Yeah, if this is it, I'm good. We're done. Move on. Like we said. <laughs> I, I, God, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse with that. I know, I know, but it, I mean, like I said, even going back, like I okay, so I always love the soundtracks to any film, most films that I listen to, and Thomas Newman did the score for this, and the music is used very well in the film. Um, but I said, I, I recently, uh, well, at the end of last year, I interviewed the composer and conductor for Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Joe Kramer. And 
the Mission Impossible Rogue Nation score is epic, amazing, and awesome. Okay, it just is. And this music here for Spectre is is cool, it's great, it's whatever, but it it just doesn't like for okay, so the point I'm trying to make here is for Mission Impossible, because I had to review the score for La La Land Records, I had to I had to do one of my written reviews. So I actually went back because I wanted to figure I wanted to remember the music and where it was placed within the film because I have to watch whatever the music's in to get the context. So I saw Mission Impossible Rogue Nation twice in theaters. After I got out of this, after I got out of Spectre, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I kind of can't wait until it hits, hits media release. And I believe as of this recording or by the time this goes up, it will have hit media release because I think it's on iTunes now or it will be the 23rd or whatever the hell. I don't know. Um, you know, at the time when I first came out of Spectre, I was like, okay, sure, I'll watch this again when it comes to media release. And now looking back on it and even trying to, I don't, this and Quantum, this and Quantum, I probably will never watch those movies again. Yeah. Everybody hates, you know, George Lazenby on Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. I, I, I know you're probably a fan, but I'm going to say this because a lot of people didn't like the Timothy Dalton era. You know, I like license. I Living Daylights was hit or miss yeah, for me, but I yeah. like license. But they were still better than this, unfortunately. Yeah. In Quantum, just God. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I'm I'm trying to give some critical uh, critical thinking here to this film, but I just. Because the whole, like we already said, the whole point of this is they're trying to, they're trying to give you something um, to tie everything in, to also homage the classic Dr. No, Spectre, thingamajig, or whatever it was supposed to be. Wait, yeah. Dr. Dr. No wasn't Spectre, was it? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so... He ended you know, up with the scar across his face and the eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That so okay. They're okay. So all right, I'm just going to sum this up really quickly, and this really works. All right, 2009, JJ Jar Jar Abrams in 2009 rebooted Star Trek with new cat, new cast members, but they're the classic character roles. For the most part, right? Uh, and it was for the most part. I'm an I'm an I'm a not a not a hanger on, but I'm a I'm a loose Trekkie. I'm not I'm not a diehard Trekkie like my buddy Steve or my buddy Kevin or my buddy Mike Dodd or whatever. I'm not a diehard Trekkie at all. I'm more of a Star Wars guy, but I, I still right. enjoy certain things about Trek. And I'm like, okay, I you know I can get behind this. I kind of like this. This is pretty awesome. And then they come out with Star Trek Into Darkness, which is essentially a ripoff of Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. That's what Spectre is. Spectre is a complete, almost ripoff of Doctor No. <laughs> yeah, you know this was if this was meant to be a reboot, it was a <laughs> shitty reboot. Sorry. Uh huh. You know. It... All right. I I think. Mike, we're we're done. We don't have anything more to really bring up with this film. Bring on, bring on Jerry Maguire, people. Bring on Valentine's Day, please. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. 
I that's you know I'm not sure what exactly we'll do yet. Maybe maybe we will do Robin Hood and then we'll do Jerry Maguire, just so we can knock those out. Well, but, how many? Well, you already re- you're releasing Skyfall this week and then right and, and then Skyfall and then we have and then this. So this then then we still the have one week left. So we could yeah we could do Robin Hood for the end of the month and then we could just yeah. skip skip ahead to yeah to we, we're uh, covered we're covered yeah, we know yeah, that yeah. folks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we do want to thank you all for listening to our podcast here, talking about my generation. Uh, Mike, do you have anything out there that you want to plug for? Oh God, we've got so much. The biggest thing right now, everybody go over to geekcastradio.com. There is a banner at the, on the, on the header. It's called the third annual GCRN awards. You click that. I'm actually going to give Doug the link so he can put it in the post. You click that, and you then go to and write in your – so you can choose what we eventually will vote on to become the actual categories. Write in your selections for uh, TV, best drama, best comedy, best sci-fi, best action adventure, best news show, best returning show, animation, best news show, best returning show, blah, 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 all this stuff, video games. Uh, movies, comics. Um, we also have, uh, as a part of this, uh, you can vote on GeekCast Radio Network uh, um, drop-down shows. We have categories for core podcasts, podcasts like GeekCast Radio, which is our flagship show, Altered Geek, Talking in Circles, The Pullbag, Fit Ready Go, Remote Control, GCRN Wars, Two Guests Beyond, Movie We Can Review, and Cinema Geeks. Uh, for our review podcast, we have stuff like Powers of Grayskull, Showtime Synergy, Pixels in the Animation, All Things Transformers, Future Imperfect, and Botched Roll. So basically, just go over here and vote. We need as many people to be uh, interacting with us on this as possible. Third annual GCRN Awards. Um, go over, write in your selections, and more inf- I'll hopefully have more information because I think the voting ends at the end of this month. I could be wrong. I, I don't remember how, how it's, how it's working off the top of my head, but, um, all right, folks. So I'm going to make a quick plug here for that. Uh, when you go to vote for best video game, you want to vote for Lego dimensions, Lego dimensions. Got it. Oh, Lego dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, no, I, I, I know it, it's actually been one of my favorites that I've been playing so far. So I'll probably sign in for that one. <laughs> Uh, anyway, folks, I, I do want to thank everybody for listening to us tonight. Uh, you can go check us out over at Talking About My on um, Talking About My Generation. You can check us out at mygenerationpodcast.com. You can check us out also on Facebook. If you want to leave us feedback on this film, uh, please do. We didn't have anything for Skyfall yet, partly because I haven't actually posted Skyfall. Uh, yeah. We don't have anything. We didn't really have anything for Quantum of Solace, you know, Quantum of Boredom, but... I have a feeling people will post on that. Uh, I have a feeling people will post on Skyfall as well because they'll hear us say, hey, this was actually good. Yeah. Uh, This one here, please, again, leave us feedback. We'll read it on the air. Obviously, we did that with, you know, we did that in Skyfall. So you guys will hear that. Yeah. Uh, You know, go out and leave us feedback for iTunes. And I think that's pretty much it for us tonight. So we will see you next week when we do... Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good evening, folks.